What's going on guys? Welcome back to the show. Today we are going to be ranking some at-home gym equipment. This episode is going to be an expansion of a post that I did on Instagram yeah, a couple weeks ago or so. And I realized there was more I wanted to say, a little bit more context, a little bit more reasoning behind you know, some of the things that I chose and why I chose them. So things that need to be said first. One, this is in the context of building muscle. If you have other goals, the hierarchy very likely would change. Two, this is my opinion. There's no book on this shit. Like these are my opinions and I'm going to be, you know, giving you some insight as to why I choose or, you know, why I rank things in certain places and why I think XYZ is beneficial or more or less beneficial. You are more than welcome to disagree. I welcome it. And if you do disagree, shoot me a DM. Let's talk about it. I would love to have that conversation. Three, I don't know everybody's financial situation. And so I'm definitely going to be taking that into account the best I can, but I'm sorry if I'm, you know, ranking things in an order that doesn't really match your budget, but I'm going to do my best to take that into account. And last but not least, when I first posted this on Instagram, I got a lot of, no, XYZ is definitely useful. I don't agree. It's like, let me say this before we start. Everything that I'm going to talk about today is useful. You can use all of this stuff. It's not like the stuff in tier three and tier four is like, don't buy this. You totally can. And I'm actually going to make a case for some of those lower tier items. Um, this isn't about the stuff you should buy and the stuff you shouldn't buy. This is about how I think might be, you know, how I think you might want to prioritize your spending if your goal is building muscle. Cool. Let's move on. So what are the factors that we're looking at when we're kind of comparing and creating this hierarchy of at-home gym equipment? Well, we're looking for pieces of equipment that add effective exercises to your arsenal, effective exercises. We're looking for stuff that's versatile. So if something just adds what, if it's a single uh, uh, function piece, it's a tough argument to say, hey, buy that. Uh, you know, an example would be like a leg press versus like a cable machine. Man, if you get a cable set up, uh, which if you do, you, you know, invite me over, um, you, you could add like, you know, 50 plus exercises to your arsenal. If you get a leg press, you can now leg press. And leg press is very effective, so it meets that first requirement, but it's not very versatile. So you'd have a tough argument for, you know, having a leg press high on your hierarchy here. And then the last factor would be, we want to factor in cost and space. Um, and, you know, these three do work in a matrix. So if you have an exercise that's super effective, you might love the leg press. It might be, you know, your bread and butter quad exercise that you really love. And, you know, but maybe it's super expensive and, it takes up a lot of space and it's not very versatile. And so maybe you don't get it, but maybe you value the effectiveness of the leg press over the lack of versatility and potentially high cost, you know, high space. Um, and so we're going to kind of look at those things on a matrix. And at the end of the day, you're going to rank things in maybe a different way than I might, but I'll give you some insight as to what I'm thinking. And so when I go through some of these uh, pieces of equipment, I'm not going to list every single exercise that a certain piece of equipment gives. Uh, or adds to your arsenal. But I'm going to throw out some that come, you know, quickly to mind so that you can see what's going on in my brain as far as like when I'm programming for, listen, listen, hey, this podcast should have come out a year ago. And so I apologize. But I have a lot of clients who are working out at home and a lot of people that are going to continue to work at home, work out at home and more power to you. I mean, even as gyms open up, I respect if people want to, you know, be as safe as possible and say, hey, I don't, you know, I don't really know if I want to go into a gym right now. Like, I respect that. Um, and so I'll kind of let you into my brain as far as what I see when I'm programming for clients who are at home and what, you know, maybe some of the top exercises that I think a certain piece of equipment adds to your arsenal that, that makes that thing unique, right? I'm not going to list every single exercise, but makes that, you know, is a reason for why I put, 
that piece of equipment in that ranking. And I guess the last note before, before we'll start is just in general when I'm programming for people who are at home, pulling, specifically vertical pulling, is often the hardest thing to accomplish at home, more, more difficult than pushing. Uh, pushing like, you know, training dumbbell press or, uh, you know, a dumbbell flat bench or an incline press or an overhead press or lateral raises or push-ups like dips. Like pushing tends to be a bit easier. You tend to be very limited with your like rowing and vertical pulling. And so if there are things that add pulling to your arsenal, I tend to kind of just very gently more highly rank those. And you'll kind of hear that that kind of rhetoric in, in, in how I'm ranking some of this stuff. Cool. So we're starting with tier one. There's four tiers. All of them are useful. Let's get into it. Tier one is weight. More load. Dumbbells, barbells and plates, kettlebells. Like, full stop. The, the most difficult thing for at-home training is that you don't really have enough load and enough variation. And so, obviously, buying more load in the form of dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells adds load, and they by far add the most different and effective exercises to your arsenal. So, from an effectiveness standpoint, very effective, right? Because what what does effective even mean? It means, you know, what's the goal? If our goal is hypertrophy, we want to bring the target muscle close to failure in the hypertrophy rep range. And for a lot of people, air squats is just not going to do it. You know, you can't get away with fives and eights for very long, you're going to need more load to bring your exercises into that target, into that like eight to 20 or, or like six to 20, six to 30 rep range. Um, and so for that, we need more load. Um, and I guess within the dumbbells, barbells and kettlebells, I would probably rank them. There'd be like a tier one, a tier one, a would be dumbbells and barbells. Um, and tier one B would be kettlebells. And I think, I think kettlebells totally have a place but if building muscle is your goal, anything that you can do with a kettlebell is probably more comfortably and more practically done with a dumbbell or a barbell. And so while I do think having load in the form of kettlebell, it can be really helpful for a lot of things, specifically for hypertrophy and building muscle, I think barbells and dumbbells are just clearly a rank above. Um, and then I guess if we're being specific here, I think adjustable dumbbells, I know that you have to, you know, sacrifice your firstborn and wait, you know, 18 months for your Bowflex dumbbells to come in because I have some clients who, you know, ordered them six months ago and we started coaching together and they just arrived. Um, but I think it's worth pursuing. And I think, you know, I would be remiss to say if I didn't say that, like, go look on your local selling apps, you know, let go Facebook marketplace. People are selling this stuff. And yeah, sometimes they're, you know, they're trying to gouge you, but it might be a similar price to buying it from the website, you know, let's say Bowflex or let's say you're buying power blocks or something or a barbell and plates and bumpers might be a similar price, but it's also like, okay, I can drive over and get it right now. I don't need to wait eight months for it to be delivered. Um, so check your local selling apps. And so I would probably go with adjustable dumbbells as the number one purchase period. And if you need to buy, you know, several different weighted dumbbells, cool, no problem. I think a barbell and plates is a very close second. And I think if you're going to have a barbell and plates, I would get at least one pair of bumper plates to help establish some range of motion for your deadlift and your and your barbell rows and stuff like that. Um, plus, it's just a little safer when you're at home. Um, cool. And so for those of you guys who aren't familiar with maybe what bumper plates are, they're just they're the size of the 45 plates that you see at the gym, but they're weighted, you know, 25 pounds, 15 pounds, 10 pounds, and they're made of rubber. So they're a little bit softer, a little bit more forgiving. Cool. Anything else on load? 
listen, if you're gonna buy anything, start here. Everything else is, is an accessory, right? The exercises that you add by adding, you know, dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells is endless. You know, rows, you know, the ones that come to mind, you could build an entire program about around rows, presses, RDLs, goblet squats, lunges, and arms. And you can do all of those really well, load them really practically with dumbbells, you know? And you could do a lot of those things, I'm looking at it, you, yeah, you can pretty much do all of those things with a barbell as well. Um, and you can probably do a lot of those with a kettlebell as well, but I'd say anything you could do with a kettlebell, you could probably do more practically with a dumbbell or barbell. Cool. So I hope that's clear for tier one. At the end of the day, we're talking about building muscle. We need to bring the target muscles close to failure in the hypertrophy rep range. And for most people, air squats and just body weight lunges, it's just not going to cut it. You're gonna to need to add some load to allow you to get your reps down into the hypertrophy rep range. Um, and even if you, you know, lunges are hard for you with body weight, you still might want some external load so that you can vary your rep range. Like maybe you can do 25 air squats and then you're exhausted. That's a pretty solid set for hypertrophy but you can't just do air squats forever. You know, you're gonna to need to vary at least your rep range here and there. And so adding some load can give you some variation, which is a good thing, right? Variation, versatility, more different exercises to your arsenal, all of them effective, low cost, low space. Well, not low cost, but low space for sure. Cool, moving on to tier two. Uh, I would say tier two, most important thing in tier two, well, I'll list them off and then we'll talk. So tier two, is an adjustable bench, squat stands, a cable pulley attachment, and a landmine attachment. And I would probably put adjustable bench as the top of this list. Once you have some load, once you maybe got a pair of adjustable dumbbells or several different dumbbell weights or barbell and plates, I'd say an adjustable bench is your next purchase. It adds, it, it's great for maximizing your dumbbells, right? Now you have dumbbells and you've added a ton of exercises to your arsenal. When you get an adjustable bench, you take those dumbbells and you now are able to add a whole bunch of really great dumbbell exercises with that bench. So I say an adjustable bench, again, let's think of it in terms of how effective are the exercises that you add. Very effective. You, you, you all of a sudden have a whole bunch of different pressing variations. You know, you can add in some row variations, some step ups, some, you know, you have a spot for Bulgarians, even though you probably don't need a bench, you can use a couch. Um, but it allows you to add a bunch of really effective exercises. Now, Versatile, yeah, it's pretty versatile. I mean, you can use it, again, a bunch of ways as a step up, as a back for presses, as a chest uh, support for rows, very versatile. Cost and space, both pretty low. I mean, the bench doesn't take up a ton of space and they're not super expensive compared to some of the other things that are out there. So adjustable bench, big shout out, definitely would go with next. Now in the way that dumbbells help you, or adjustable bench helps you maximize your dumbbells, I'd say squat stands are great for maximizing your barbell and your plates. Because if you get a, an adjustable, if all you have is a barbell and some plates and then you get a bench, yeah, you're not gonna be ben heavy bench pressing on there. It's just not practical for you to set up. And you're not all of a sudden gonna be able to do heavy back squats. Like having a barbell and plates is awesome. Ton of really good exercises you can do. But once you get a pair of squat stands, and basically what a squat stand is for those of you guys unfamiliar, it's a, think of a squat rack. What a squat rack does is it allows you to kind of mount the bar at a given height. But man, squat racks are big and they're probably really expensive. And so what you can do is you can buy squat stands, which are just two individual, and the key is individual. You can move them individually. So you can kind of pack them away in a corner. They don't take a lot of space, but they're two individual pieces where you can adjust the height and mount the bar you know, to, your, to that given height. And so they don't take up a lot of space. They're not very expensive. 
and they add a bunch of effective exercises. You know, it's not just about adding exercises, it's about adding effective ones. And when you're thinking about adding barbell movements, almost all of them are effective. So it's like, hey, here's this thing that's gonna help me maximize the use of my barbell and my plates, which means I'm gonna get a whole bunch of effective exercises. And for me, the ones I think of when, uh, you know, a client gets a pair of squat stands, it's like, great, we can do barbell back and front squat variations, super effective. We can now really comfortably set up for barbell lunges. You know, you can take the barbell from the ground, flip it up to your chest, push it over onto your back. Totally, of course you can, but man, nothing beats walking into the squat stand, putting it on your back, taking it out, and just doing some, you know, reverse lunges and putting it back. It makes it way more comfortable, way more practical. You know, we can do barbell overhead presses. Again, because the bar is set at your chest height, you can just walk up and go grab it. You don't need to do a clean from the ground up to your chest, then press it, then put it down on the ground. It's right there. It could be a really, really nice addition. It's also easier to manage your RDLs in your barbell rows. And, you know, maybe some of you guys are like, I don't need that. But like, man, setting up your barbell rows and your RDLs when the bar is at waist height and the bar is actually elevated from the ground and you can put the plates on really easy, take them off really easy. Super big benefit that I think goes underrated. Um, and so adjustable bench helps you maximize dumbbells. Squat stands help you maximize barbell and plates. Uh, cool. Next would be a cable pulley attachment. Listen, pulling in general, pulling is tough at home and vertical pulling, training your lats in that, you know, vertical plane in the, in the, in the frontal plane there, pulling from the top down uh, is the hardest thing to do at home, I think, period, if your goal is building muscle. And so with a cable pulley, you can now do lat pull downs. Oh my God, amazing. You can do lat pull downs. You can do straight arm lat pull downs. And I think those two alone make this a really great option. It's a low cost option. It's a low space option. It's versatile and it adds effective exercises that are kind of unique. Vertical pulling is tough. It gives you a bunch of you know ways to train the lats that are better than dumbbell pullovers. Frankly, I love dumbbell pullovers, but man, lat pull downs and straight arm lat pull downs, you know, are just better lat exercises. Frankly, um, cool cable pulley. Other exercises that come to mind that are kind of unique that the cable pulley now allows you to do. You can do face pulls, you can do high rows, and you can do tricep pushdowns. And remember we said pulling is tough. So you just got with one low cost, low space option, you got lat pull downs, straight arm lat pull downs, face pulls, high rows, and trust me, there are a bunch of variations to all of that stuff. Cool, and the last one is a landmine. Again, after adjustable bench, I think these aren't exactly in order here. Um, this is just tier two, uh, would be a landmine attachment. Man, landmine attachment, probably the most underrated of the entire podcast will be the landmine attachment. Once you have a barbell and some plates, a landmine attachment might rival a squat stand for how to maximize your barbell. I still think squat stand's probably better, but man, a landmine, let's go, go through the list again. How effective are the exercises that you get from a landmine? Well, you get landmine presses, which might be the, the best, you know, single arm shoulder exercises you can do. You get landmine row variations, single arm, double arm. You know, there are like rear delt row variations. There are a ton. And you get a bunch of underrated lunge, squat, and uh, deadlift RDL variations. Uh, you know, most recently have programmed some landmine curtsy lunges, landmine reverse lunges, landmine RDLs, landmine hack squats. Really, really great. Now, again, landmine is cheap. It doesn't take up almost any space at all. It's just your barbell being attached to something that's fixed on the ground. And you get a bunch of really effective new barbell exercises. Like I cannot express how great a landmine attachment is. If you own a barbell right now, if you're listening to this podcast, if you own a barbell, go get a landmine attachment, go on Amazon, get a landmine attachment. 
period. You're going to add, I had no clients who have a, a squat rack with a barbell. Get a landmine attachment. You're going to add a whole bunch of new exercises. And just for, just to go a little bit in depth here, like having variation is important. You cannot just barbell squat, barbell row, barbell RDL your way to, you know, the body of your dreams. Like it's going to just the fact that you don't have variation means you're always doing the same exercises and you're always beating up your joints in the same way. Giving it some variation is going to be really good for your joints, also good for your muscle. I mean, there's some, uh, you know, truth to quote unquote shocking the body. Obviously, that's a dumb AF way of saying it, but um, variation is important. And so adding, you know, like we talked about, adding effective and versatile exercises, really important. All right, moving on to tier three. Again, all of this stuff is useful. Just because we're at tier three doesn't mean you can't have this stuff. And I will make a, I will make an argument for it as we go. So tier three, the top of tier three. Tier three is an interesting tier here. So let me just jump into it and I'll give you guys some added context. And so the top of tier three is TRX. And some of you guys might've been listening, screaming TRX. Oh my God, TRX at home, TRX, the best thing ever. Let me tell you why TRX is a bit tricky. And actually unpopular opinion, I think it's pretty overrated. Uh, I know, unpopular opinion, I know. But overrated doesn't mean bad. I'm TRX certified and I've been a PT for a decade and I use TRX quite a bit with clients. It can be great for certain things. But man, I like, you know, I'll, you know, I'll back up a sec, a sec. A lot of people who do like TRX classes and have a background in TRX, they are, they worship the TRX. But when you think about the exercises that you're doing on the TRX, some people will be like, oh, so many good, you know, push-ups and arm exercises and, you know, legs and all of that stuff is done better with all of the stuff that I just listed above. Like having a pair of dumbbells or a TRX, like I would take a pair of dumbbells literally any day of the week times a zillion. And so it's not that TRX isn't great. It is, it is good. It's, and I, and I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a point to why you should get it in a second, but it's about ranking this stuff. Um, and so anyway, let's get into what I like about the TRX. I love row variations. So the TRX literally like the top of the list for the most effective, best exercise on the TRX is the body weight inverted row. Remember we talked about pulling being difficult, uh, difficult to kind of replicate at home. And so if you have just a pair of dumbbells, great, you have dumbbell rows and you have dumbbell row variations, but that's it. Uh, it's, you know, you, you know, you can do pushups on your couch, but it's hard to just set up inverted rows on your desk or something, right? I've seen people do that, but it's fucking risky and difficult. And so TRX adds the body weight inverted row. If that's all the TRX did, I still think it would be pretty useful because it doesn't take you up a lot of space. It's not super expensive. And the inverted row is a really great exercise. I also think it adds a little bit of rear delt work, which can be cool. Some of the like Y raises and T's um, can be great. And maybe some assisted single leg work. But man, even those don't hand a uh, hold a candle to just your body weight lunge variations that you can load up better with, you know, barbell, dumbbell, kettlebell. And, you know, squat variations, goblet squats, front squats, back squats. Like, I just think that they're better done either free weight by without a TRX or loaded up. And if you're like, okay, but, you know, what about people who need assisted? I don't know. Are, are there a lot of people who, who are can't do one, like, set of 10 reverse lunges, just body weight? Um, and if you can't, let's say you're, or you are listening. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. If you can't do 10 reverse lunges with your body weight, well, then you can just walk up to your desk or something and hold on with one hand and you can assist yourself. Do you need to get this fancy TRX just so that you can take a little bit of that body weight off? Probably not. Is it comfortable with the TRX? Yeah, for sure. Totally. And I don't think it's a bad thing. It's totally fine. I just don't think it's super unique and thus it's not super high up on this tier list here. Um, 
And then, you know, people will talk about dynamic core work. Now, I think dynamic core work in the TRX is, is good. I think it allows for a lot of, like, you know, knee tucks and pikes and, you know, a lot of cool shit that you see on Instagram. But we're talking about building muscle here. And the, do you need a bunch of dynamic core exercises? Like, how high are we ranking those up on our list of, you know, things we want to be doing for building muscle? Truthfully, not that high. And so I think dynamic core work is cool. And for a fun factor, you might love it. And so if that's high of value to you, then great. Then TRX is awesome. Go ahead and get it. Uh, and last, I don't really love, uh, some people are going to go, oh, TRX push-ups, great. TRX push-ups are not great. They are not great. Are they hard? Sure. But why are they hard? They're hard because of a stability component. And I'm not saying training in unstable environments is always a bad thing, but for hypertrophy and muscle growth, you know, having an exercise that's hard because of instability is not what's great for muscle growth. It's not what's best for muscle growth. Um, you're better off doing, you know, push up in a stable environment, like with your hands on the floor, and you'll better be able to, you know, cause chest and front delt and tricep hypertrophy from there. Um, and if you want to make it easier, go ahead and elevate on a surface that's in your house that's stable. Um, and again, I'm not saying unstable, uh, you know, unstable surface training is always bad. We're talking about hypertrophy here and an exercise that limits you because of the instability isn't limiting you because of, you know, uh, the muscle being close to failure. It's limiting you to, because your fucking hands are shaking all over the place. Um, and so cool. If you love them, great. I don't think they're bad. I think they're fine. Uh, just don't think that they produce some super unique benefit. Cool. So again, just to come full circle on TRX here, it's not expensive, doesn't take up much space, and those rowing variations are a really nice addition like we talked about. I think it's a great purchase, can totally be useful, but I would rank it below the other stuff. Now, moving along, how long have we been here? 21 minutes here. Cool. We're making good time. I want to get this done in 30 here. We have bands. Bands. Tier 3. And I, and, and I, again, there might have been people screaming from the top of their lungs, bands, bands, what about bands? Man, okay, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Bands have a what we call a poor resistance curve. Basically, bands only get hard as the band, you know, uh, uh, gets stretched out. So take like a, you know, a tricep push down. The band is only hard at the bottom of the rep. And so what you really miss out on is that loaded stretch. And so let's say you're doing a, a tricep push down on your cable pulley. Well, that cable pulley is the same weight at the bottom of your rep as it is at the top. When you do it with a, with a band... At the top of your range of motion in a tricep pushdown, there's almost no tension on your triceps. Yeah, at the bottom, when you lock out that band, it's hard, sure. But that's only half of the, the movement. You, you only get you know a difficult rep or a difficult part of the rep at the bottom when your triceps are locked out and the shortened position. You miss out on the loaded stretch, which is independently hypertrophic, which is important for hypertrophy. So bands are, eh, they have a poor resistance curve. They're not... They're probably not on the whole as good as just regular weight, right? And they're also not as practical to load heavy. And so you, you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, versatility, sure, pretty versatile. What about cost and space? Super low, right? Super low cost, super low space, and pretty versatile. But how many effective exercises does it add to your arsenal? I don't know. I'm thinking about what I program for my clients with bands. I program band pull-aparts. I think they can be great, good for shoulder health. Uh, I, pro I program face pulls, again, good for shoulder health and a decent exercise. And I program tricep pushdowns. Man, outside of that, if somebody has weights, like just gonna prefer to use those. Um, and again, a note on bands, if you are using bands, if they are your primary source of you know load or something that you use often, pause in the shortened position. Pause in the contracted position. Pause when the exercise is hardest. If you're doing tricep pushdowns, pause at the bottom, please. It's the only hard part of the rep. Pause there. 
uh, face pulls. If you're pulling to your neck, pause with the band on your neck. When you're, the rear delts and, and the traps and everything are in the shortened position, that's the only hard part of the rep. Please pause. Cool. Moving along here. Tier three, again, controversial. You know, the lower we get here, the more controversial because I feel like people think these things aren't useful. It's just, I'll give you some reasoning here. Is a chin-up bar. And I know I just gave a big shout for vertical pulling, but the truth is I rank this here because most people can't really do enough pull-ups with proper range of motion and technique for this to be super useful. If you can, if you're somebody who can do more than five full range of motion, not bullshit half rep chin-ups, I would rank this in tier one or tier two. Um, certainly, I would bump this all the way up. I just think a lot of people who are... Um, I just think a chin-up is a really difficult thing to do. And if you can do one chin-up or zero chin-ups, well, then shit, a chin-up bar isn't going to be in tier one. I would much rather somebody get a cable pulley attachment and start doing lat pull-downs and get stronger lats than them struggle through, you know, one chin-up or two chin-ups. But listen, if you can do five or more chin-ups, let's say, with full range of motion, good technique, I'd rank this in, you know, tier one or tier two for sure. Now, you might say, what about pairing bands with the chin-up? I don't think it's a bad thing, totally. If you cannot do five chin-ups and you want to get closer to doing a chin-up, I would probably rank a lat pull-down as a better tool for getting stronger in the back muscles that you need to do a chin-up than doing banded assisted chin-ups. Now, why? Well, it comes back to that resistance curve that we just talked about with the bands. So now you attach a band to the chin-up and you put your knee in it or whatever, your foot in it, and you sink to the bottom. At the bottom of the rep, it is really easy. The band is very stretched. It's giving you a lot of assistance. And then as you get closer to the top, it gets harder. And that's not really what you want to get stronger at chin-ups. Most people are already strong towards the top. They are weak at pulling out of that dead hang position. And so the band gives you a ton of help where you really want to be getting stronger. Uh, and so you're probably look better off with a, like a more balanced resistance curve using something like a lat pull-down with your cable pulley. Now, all of that being said, dude, band-assisted chin-ups are still great. They're still great. I still program them for a bunch of clients. They're awesome. And you can still do, you know, eccentric-only chin-ups and, you know, uh, other chin-up variations that can kind of, you know, are regressions for sure. But they're, they're down here in tier three because I think that there are might be better options. Um, and I think that the best benefit of doing band-assisted chin-ups is actually practicing the movement totally. But actually, if we're talking about getting stronger lats, I probably just inch out and rank a lat pull down just slightly better than a band assisted chin up. Um, and honestly, feel free to disagree. I know that if you do disagree, then you would have a reasonable argument. Totally. Um, hundred percent. I just think, I just think that it, if you can't do one, you know, five body weight chin ups and you want to get better at chin ups, band assisted chin ups are a great idea because it's important to practice the exact technique. But if we're talking about more optimally building the muscles that you need to do chin-ups, I think you might be better off with a well-set-up lat pull-down. Cool. Awesome. Nice. Tier four is everything else. Everything that you think I didn't mention. Um, some things that come to mind in this are, you know, sliders, the ab wheel, Swiss ball, a med ball, jump rope, booty bands, like hip circle, right? And... Somebody might even say Bosu, like, sure, every put Bosu in here, whatever. You know, there's a lot of hate on Bosu, but, you know, basically tier four is like a whole bunch of really cheap stuff that doesn't really do much. And so the irony, the irony is when I was writing this tier four stuff, I was thinking, I was like, oh, people are going to not buy this stuff because I put it in tier four. But like this stuff usually costs almost nothing and takes up almost no space. 
and might add a tiny bit of effective exercise. Maybe, um, you know, sliders, maybe give you a, a lying hamstring curl, which is something I've definitely used because I do think that uh, it's hard to replicate hamstring curls at home. And so sliders have been really beneficial for that. Ab wheel is a decent ab exercise, but most people, it's butchered like crazy, almost to a degree in which I wish it would vanish from the earth. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. It's, if, if you can do it and it's a decent, I have some clients who are doing it and doing it well and, and, and you know, then it can be a decent piece. But again, it only adds one exercise. And do you need even, do you even need to be doing direct core work? Like who knows? Um, it's very contextual. And then you have Swiss ball, med ball, like man, for building muscle, you, you may, maybe, maybe you can do some stuff on there, but really not really. Uh, or at least again, not better than with the other pieces that are ranked above it. Jump rope, again, building muscle. I, you know, I put jump rope in here. It's nothing to do with building muscle. You're not building muscle with the jump rope. But as far as at-home equipment, like, again, it costs nothing, takes up no space, and maybe you like it. And booty bands. Booty bands almost would be at the top of this list almost just because they can help make certain hip thrust variants a little bit more effective. Um, bridge variants, your glute bridges and your hip thrusts. But they still don't add much load. They still, it's not like, it's not like if you don't have a hip, circles, you know, your, your hip thrusts aren't helpful. Of course they are. And in fact, they're more helpful in some ways. Um, and so I think hip circles are, are great. You know, booty bands, they're great. Um, they, you know, can help you with that, that abduction, um, component, but again, not, not a ton of utility and it doesn't add a bunch of effective exercises. Yes. It's low cost and low space, but it doesn't add a lot of effective exercises to your arsenal. So let's do a quick summary here. All of this stuff is useful period. It's about what adds effective exercises, is versatile, aka adds more than one effective exercise, and is a smart, you know, cost and space purchase for you. Next, I hate the TRX. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love the TRX. TRX is great. Um, TRX is great. I think you, you know, I think it's a, if I had a home gym, I probably would have a TRX. Sure. But I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be the first thing that I'm Googling, you know, looking up to, to buy. I think it would be there for sure, but probably wouldn't be the first thing I'm looking to buy. And, you know, majority of my work would not be on the TRX, sure. I'd focus on getting more load first. And then the rest of the stuff you buy is kind of, you know, made to help maximize that added load that you bought. You know, adjustable uh, bench is great for, you know, maximizing dumbbells. The squat stands can be great for maximizing your barbell. Um, same thing, you know, maximizing barbell with the landmine. And so I think that it's about getting more load and then kind of finding things that kind of supplement and enhance the benefits of or give you more exercises with the load that you just bought. I would say the most underrated, I said, uh, let me say one that's most underrated, most most overrated. Most underrated is the cable pulley and the landmine. Um, it's just not something that I see as often. I think people kind of understand that dumbbells and barbells can be very helpful. But man, and a bench, you know, a lot of my clients are like, oh, I got dumbbells and a bench. First of all, if you have dumbbells and bench, you're in business. You can make a great program. You can build a good amount of muscle having just adjustable dumbbells or several range of dumbbells and an adjustable bench. Oof, you're in business. That's awesome. But I also think cable pulley and landmine are super cheap and add a bunch of effective and especially the cable pull, ah, I guess both, pretty unique exercises that you can't just really do without them. And I guess the most overrated would be bands and not because they're not useful, but just because I think that they get, you know, people are like, oh, I need to, <laughs> I need to get at home equipment. Let me get some bands. It's like, and you can get bands. I think bands are great. Again, same with TRX. If I had a home gym, for sure, I would have a set of bands. Definitely. But I'm 
not ranking them high, as in the stuff I'm going to use a lot and the stuff that it's going to be the bread and butter, the nuts and bolts, meat and potatoes of my training, they are a little supplement. They're like a little sprinkle. They're a little seasoning on top of my training. They're not the thing that I'm really using all the time. And again, I guess coming full circle here is like, shit, man, some of the less useful stuff, let's say, the or the, the tier three and tier four stuff, like most of that stuff is super cheap, takes up almost no space, and it's probably still likely worth adding them in. Um, I, I laugh because I want people to start with tier one and tier two, and I want them to build their home gym around that. But if you look at tier three and tier four, you're like, dude, I could buy all of this stuff for the price of, you know, one barbell. Well, then great, add it and, you know, keep it as a supplement. I just want people having a, a hierarchy around the kind of stuff that they're buying, understanding if your goal is building muscle, what's the meat and potatoes here? What is the stuff that I'm really building my training around? And then what are the things that are like, again, like a little seasoning on top? All right, guys, thanks for listening to the episode. I appreciate it, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.